0: Hey, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about giving yourself or your lover a sexy time adventure? A new toy or adult movies? Just the thing. Well, here's a juicy way to jumpstart those fantasies. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off almost any item, like vibrating cock rings, lace thigh highs, even a frisky foxtail anal plug. Well, that's right. But there's more. Oh, yes. Because when you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free DVDs and for a little inspiration plus a free extra gift. Because remember, variety is the spice of your sex life. And to top it all off, the generous peeps at adamandeve.com, they're throwing in free shipping on your entire order. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item. that That alone is so great. When you type in offer code SEXNERD at checkout, when you do, you'll get those three free DVDs, a free extra something-something, and free shipping. Just use that offer code SEXNERD at com. That's S-E-X-N-E-R-D at AdamandEve.com. Now entering
1: Nerdist.com.
0: Hello, friend. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra podcast. I'm your host, uh, Sex Nerd Sandra. Same name as the podcast. That can get confusing sometimes in my life. But hey, hello. Uh, shout out to all the sex nerds I ran into at a wedding reception I went to this past weekend. Apparently, my friends who got married, a lot of their friends listen to the show. So that was interesting, walking around with a name tag and having people kind of go, like, wait a minute. <laughs> so shout out to you. Uh, great party. Um, this episode is a conclusion of last week's episode. I recommend you listen to last week's. Um, but uh, oh, my God, the juiciness continues. Melina is a fantastic sex educator and just hilarious human being. I recommend you see her out wherever she is. Melina.com. Melina on Twitter. Let's see. What's her whole name? It's like Melina Lee Williams Haas. Yes, because she just got married. And she's just great. So um, to continue, we're going to talk about slave play and master-slave relationships, collaring. Um, when to decide to take a fantasy of yours into the bedroom instead of just in your head. Um, and a treat, air er Meister, or now Der Spouse Meister, uh, came on stage as well. And so you get to hear the cutest Austrian accent ever. Um, and he talked a little bit about coming out of the closet around um, his. Uh, Proclivities. So it was just such a wonderful time in New York. Thank you to everyone who came out to Union Hall. Thank you to uh, New York Comic Con for helping putting this uh, this on. And uh, thank you to Melina and Georg for uh, being so brave to share themselves on stage with me. Uh, let's see what else. What else? Oh, FYI, New York City, I do not understand your subway system still because. I am always fairly early to my live shows, and this I was so stuck in the subways, just one train after another, didn't understand all the fine print signs everywhere, and ended up getting to this recording one minute after it was supposed to start. Yes, I was underground for at least an hour and a half, two hours. It was a mess. So... You can't really tell that. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I like I like looking under the hood. What can I say? Um, but it was it was really great. Um and Melina and Georg and I really did just meet on stage there and it was magic. Ah oh, so I like them so much. Um also me, hey, I'm still doing the online classes. That's right. It's happening. I'm following through. And this week, tonight is sex buffet. Um I'm doing these classes uh, three times every week, and se- planning your sex buffet is all about getting what you want in bed, negotiating with your partner, figuring out what's on your buffet, what what are your tastes, uh, you, how to organize your different behaviors, you know, getting out of your habits. You don't have to always have dessert last, if you know what I mean. Uh, so anyway, and this is a great class for anyone who is a newbie to sexuality. Somebody who feels like they're a little bit stuck in a rut. Uh, also, if you plan on taking several of my classes, um, since so many of them are around specific behaviors, but things, uh, kink things. Next week is playful kink. The weekend after that is the week after that is uh, snatch attack: the art of common sense cunnilingus. Um, And I kind of just jump into whatever it is I'm talking about. So this week's class is great to give you a baseline amount of info around communication, etc. Before we jump into a deeper Orify. Um, That's that. Mm, Thank you. Thanks to everyone. And it's great to see you on the Internet. All right. Go team fun. Enjoy the rest of the show. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra podcast. Whoa, what are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under eighteen, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Oh, actually, am I allowed to say the
2: per- wait the perverted negress? Yeah, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you can. That's okay. my that's the other name for my blog is the perverted negress. And I'll tell you why, because I was a huge Star Trek fan as a kid, still am, and there was one episode of of the original series, I I tend to reject the later series, I'm sorry, Um, where Abraham Lincoln is on the bridge and meets Lieutenant Uhura, and he sees her and goes, oh, what a charming negress. And I remember watching this and going, oh, my gosh. And everyone on the bridge is like, oh, ho, ho, Mr. President, we don't say those things anymore in the future. It's a racism. (laughs) Right. But I asked my mom, I'm like, is that a bad word? And she said, actually, no, it wasn't. You know, because it was actually a term of respect. It's why you have the United Negro College Fund. That's why mm-hmm. you have, you know, uh, that was a, a respectful term. And so, I I thought the term "negress" sounded kind of royal if you if you don't think about the history. So I was like, I'm going to be the perverted negress. That <laughs> nice. is my blog. You know, so so yes, that is not a bad thing to say. If you were to call someone a negress like in the club and you were like, "Yo, hot negress," no. might not go over so well. I'd refrain from that. If I were you, Caucasian people, (laughs) maybe if you're Asian, you could get away with it because I think it would just, like, black people would just be sort of confused. We'd be like, we'd be like, um, (laughs) like, and then you'd have time to get away. (laughs) But like, if you're visibly white, don't, don't, don't do it. Just don't, just don't do it. So you know, so, so the thing is that. Those words are clearly bad words. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do not like people calling me a bitch, whore, cunt. The N-word is another big one, mm-hmm. you know. But if I'm doing a scene in which I am specifically playing on racism and sexism and, and the nightmare and the horror that those things are, using those words can become actually a way to um, access some very dark shit. Tell me more. How do you do a scene like that? How do you? <laughs> in ten minutes, go. So, like,
0: I'm. Um, person who hates women and anybody who's not, doesn't look like me. Let's
2: have sex. Yeah, no. (laughs) No, bad. Here's the thing. When I first got involved in kink, I was one of literally two black people I saw in the entire Bay Area. I was living in San Francisco at the time at kink events. And so I was like, I guess we just don't do that. Maybe this is just a thing that black people just don't do. Um, At least in the Bay Area, at least in public in front of other people at parties that cost a lot of money. Let's talk about the The socioeconomics of casual, you know, um, not even casual, of formal sexual adventuring, right? Mm -hmm. People in a certain group can't necessarily spend 400 bucks to go to a con on a weekend. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to see them at those events. It's part of the reason I started teaching and working. I'm like, now I get in for free. (laughs) Ha ha! In your face! but the thing is that I, I discovered that I did what some of my first fantasies were being, like, the naive, innocent slave girl who was horribly ravaged by the evil overseer. And I'm sitting there going, you are the worst black person <laughs> ever. No black person has ever, ever thought about this. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. Like, I was waiting for, like, the I, I joke about this. and like the ghost of Dr. King to, like, rise up. <laughs> from the foot of my bed and be like, we did not march on Washington (laughs) so you could fantasize about getting beaten and fucked by some white man, Miss Williams. And I'd be there like, but Dr. King, it's so good! Everyone right now is imagining Martin Luther King watching me masturbate and that that is fantastic. That right there is I want that's the image I want you to take home with you today. It almost turns No out. one can ever watch Selma ever again. <laughs> it was just like the deleted scene. That sounds like a cuckolding scene. When it you describe does. it like that. And so, and so, I had a lot of guilt. I actually was like, I can't be kinky because it's not okay for a black person to want to be submissive. If I were dominant, it'd be fine because it'd be like reparations, right?
0: <laughs>
2: I would get all the white slaves I could and be like, woohoo <laughs> This is awesome. Everyone, get your own white slaves. They're great, <laughs> you know. But that was not my my thing, and so I just I felt bad about it for a good year or so, and then I tried to get over myself. And I started you know, going out to King stuff, and I saw I really wasn't represented among the King community. I felt bad, I felt bad. You know, I had my first relationship with a dominant who was a white male person. And he was freaked out by the thought of doing any sort of play that specifically revolved around our, our racial history. So he was not at all going to do that at all. Uh, the problem is, when people see a black woman tied up in rope being whipped by a white man, it doesn't matter if it's not a racially motivated scene. People look at it and they're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, they start to have the feels. And of course, you know, you've know, you got California people, nothing personal, but they're like, I have to share my feelings with you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Now we have to process our feelings, my feelings about your scene. you know. And I'd have white people come up to me freaking out. They were like, well, you did this race play scene. And I'm like, I, I didn't. That's, it just happens that the guy I'm playing with is white, sorry, you know. But eventually I was like, you know what, fine, I'm, I'm gonna do these scenes, I'm gonna do them because they're so fucked up. Here's the thing, some of edge play is, this is so fucked up, I gotta try it. You know, the worst and the naughtiest and the most horrible thing you can think of that you jerk off to, the thing you will never tell anyone, if you pull that out and suddenly you're like, I could do this, and you're faced with a choice, am I gonna do it or not? I'm of course like, I've already done it. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta go. Um, do this thing, but a lot of people pull back and that's another way you find your edge is that when you think about doing something edgy this is an exercise you can do does it draw you or does it repulse you and you wait, in six more months are you still thinking about it, is it still the thing that you're jerking off to night after night after night after night are you writing porn about it are you flying to England to try to get it (laughs) not that that's something (laughs) I would recommend. That sounds far-fetched. <laughs> I'm not judging. <laughs> but the thing is, at that point, then you say, you know what, maybe I should explore this. And what's interesting to me is that uh, it's, it is very difficult. Most people of color are horrified by the idea, and I was very much ostracized by the then-growing uh, community of black people in kink and most of them were like that is fucked up you need therapy clearly you are a self-hating black person and you have issues most white people were like i have been taught that this is bad so i don't want to do that and also i'm not racist i'm not racist I'm not racist i'm, I'm like, not racist i'm not racist i'm like clearly you have not seen avenue q <laughs> So what everyone's a little bit racist so what is this happens is your coming is,
0: up party congratulations thank you yay. no
2: sorry you. I've, only, I've, I've already been out i've already oh, okay. yeah sorry so you know i did actually start to experiment and your, your question about like or your, your your thing about like hey i'm a racist person i now want to do this scene is absolutely not the way to go like if someone wants to do something for the r- bad reason not okay you know um and i actually have met people well, that was who me are playing oh see you're good
0: oh thanks <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: You know, so part of what I think is important is if you're doing a scene that's very edgy is to find someone who really has thought about what they are doing. If you are doing a scene where you're doing a role play that's difficult, you don't want the person who's just running in and not understanding the gravity of it, and not understanding that it is risky and it is dangerous, you know? And I have done a couple times in my life. It's not a thing I do a lot, but I haven't done it in a long time. is It's kind of like, okay, now I'm going to do the scene where I'm going to be the runaway slave and have my white friend... B, you know, this slave catcher who has caught me and is now punishing me for running away. And the thing is that these scenes are very heavy. And they're not necessarily like, la, 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 this is fun, do, 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 feathers and sparkles. Um, But this is one of the things about kink and about SM is Mm -hmm. that it can be cathartic, it can be healing, it can take you to places that are very difficult, and then you can come back from it. One of the things that I discovered, it's going to seem weird, but I had an amazing amount of empathy and sorrow for people who were racist. You know I mm. see how that destroys hatred. you know, doing a scene where I'm looking at someone who's pretending to think that I'm subhuman and therefore deserve to be punished, and then I'm like, "What must it be like to live in that kind of m- mindset? Mm-hmm. I feel sorry for you." you know? And so now, when I encounter someone who's a racist fuckhead, I'm like, "Oh, sucks to be you." That sucks. Versus getting outraged and screaming at my fucking screen. And let me tell you, more calories burned in a bad way when I still had that anger, you know? And it's not that I'm cured of being angry. I still get angry. I still yell at my screen. But immediately afterwards, I have a sense of compassion. And part of that comes from doing those role plays.
0: So is that, did you feel like, oh, I, I feel healed from this, so it's not no, as hot? Or no, no. Or is, like, what <laughs> was it turning, can you put it into words, what turned you on about doing a scene like that?
2: Uh, part of what turned me on about doing a scene like that is that it's so fucked up. Okay. Yeah. It's like, this is not a thing you're supposed to do. I'm not supposed to pretend to be turned on by being a runaway slave or whatever those things are. Um, part of it is that it is so heavy. And, you know, I, was, I went through a phase in my life where I was like, I want to do all the heavy, fucked up shit. And then, uh, then you get old, then you're like 40, and you're like, oh, my knees can't handle the heavy, fucked up shit. We're not going to be crawling around on the ground for two hours tonight.
0: That's what knee pads are for. <laughs> uh, so... I I'm reminded I, I I do want to transition to to something really fun. Uh, now this is fun, but this is like intense, you know? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like feeling intense. Um, but you're reminding me that uh, having lost my sex drive a lot, but I still like sex, and I wanted to have sex, and sometimes to really get to an orgasmic place, I had to go to really fucked up, twisted places in my mind. But I was like, oh, I didn't know that door was there. Hmm, learning about myself.
2: That's when you start looking up tentacle porn.
0: Yay! Yeah, like we yeah week two. Um, but. Now that I'm kind of in a different headspace, sure I've still got a lot of interests and things, but I realized something and I was telling you this on the phone the other day that I realized that getting married is possibly one of the kinkiest things a person could possibly do. Yeah. Because it's like that's like more than just 24/7 you like you're like saying till death do I am promising you me forever. Like that's
2: hardcore it's not like marriage ceremonies are actually ownership ceremonies this is a thing that has sort of been whitewashed uh-huh. is it like they are traditionally like i take you as my bride you are now my property same as my goats and horses and pigs <laughs> and so really the only person who has any business getting <laughs> married are people in master slave relationship <laughs> now <laughs> you can like whitewash it all you want you know but it's funny because my my now husband and i had a collaring ceremony where we were committing to each other as master and slave. And I was talking to a good friend of mine who's a rabbi, and she was like, well, you know, there's Torah about slavery and mastery, and there's all this scripture about how you treat slaves and how this goes. So we had this little conversation. Long story short, you know, my friend the rabbi wound up officiating our collaring ceremony, and <laughs> was quoting the Torah, and I was like, "Bad ass!" That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that is the coolest thing ever. You know, there's there's history and, and resonance behind that, and I thought that that was kind of an amazing way to tie that in. And, and she also performed our, our standard wedding ceremony, mm-hmm. and we left the traditional verbiage, you know, to ob- about all the obedience and stuff. Because uh-huh. I'm like, oh no, sure, of course, of course.
0: The Bible, Torah, already. It. <laughs> it's, it's handy. Um, before I bring up our next guest, uh, I realize I, I look to you, people in the audience who have phones in your pocket. Um, I'm sex nerd Sandra on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. If you're closer to the front, or anyone can do this, will someone like take a picture of us and just send it to me? You know, somebody who's like good at tapping the screen. I was about to say also.
2: There's I don't know if anyone I could, did not have signal down here. T-Mobile is not trying to get. Any action for me down here?
0: Oh, yeah, no, this terrible.
2: I, this yeah, it, oh, hey! Oh, look! People! But someone can do it later.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you can you can take the picture yeah. Yeah. and then I and smile. then send it later. Problem. <laughs> wait, let me get my fan. <laughs> <laughs> One of those. Thank you, thank you, and
0: hopefully at least one of you will remember to s-
2: yeah, look at their pictures and be like, "What the fuck is this?" I, 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 don't know.
0: I've been camera shy my entire life, and the idea of like getting people to take photos of the show is the weirdest thing. Okay,
2: wait, selfie. You gotta,
0: you gotta expose well, to you gotta gotta or me, but
2: smile. I look like my mom. I don't know. My mom is my mom is come up. It. So it's cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: okay, so I how you doing out there? How you doing? Woo-hoo! I like it. I like it a lot. Um I have some questions about uh, your relationship. Are you would mind if for like, like 10 minutes if we just chat with uh, Spouse Meister?
2: Yes. Yes? Yes, yay. Would uh up? Would you come please up please, come sir? Up? Yay.
0: Woo! Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, wait. Oh, you want this? No, no, it's cool. I didn't know if he wait. was going to. I should what? give him the microphone. Did he get. Do you want to come up this way, or you can come up around the other way? Or you can just don't fall on anything, please. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Yay. Why don't you sit down? Aww. <gasps> Aww. Oh. 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 Microphones. Uh-huh.
0: Microphone.
3: Oh,
2: there's another okay. one. Yay. Sorry.
0: Hello, oh, yeah. there we go. Hi, everyone. Awesome. Is this, I, I don't know how, what pro- what's the protocol? I don't know. I'm not in a slave relationship. What do, a, a, pro- do I just well, stand he's here? Well, not your You're, owner, okay. so you can do what the okay. fuck you want. I don't know. I just, I want to uh, uh, respect what, you know, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Hi. Nice to meet you.
3: Nice to be here. I beg your pardon. English is not my first language. I have some problems to speak, but.
0: You speak I fine. I enjoy it.
3: I speak fine. Just like <laughs> and of course, I'm very nervous to be
0: here. Oh, really? Time. You are so brave, and thank you for coming up.
3: Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for
0: having me. So, how long have you two been together?
3: Oh, well, uh, I moved to the States in August 2013, started to work here at my 60th birthday, I'm an old man, and I came here to change my life. But you
2: look good for 60.
3: And I came here because I wanted to change my life, and I waited not too long, and then I met her. It so was very quickly, and it was. How did we meet? We uh, very traditional, okay, Cupid. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was such nice. She s- said she is looking for a man not older than forty-five,
0: <laughs> uh,
3: but uh, she should not drink alcohol, and she should, and he should have an accent, and. Uh, you I w- I'm a little bit older, but I have a perfect accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. It, it worked.
0: <laughs> Excellent. And uh, my understanding from my, my internet research is that, Melina, you've been in this BDSM scene for a long time. Yeah. But this was actually a dream of yours to have a submissive.
3: Uh, yes. Uh, I lived for a long time in Europe, and I was afraid, first of, first of all, of myself, mm-hmm. I think the most problematic thing is to accept what we want. And especially in my situation, I'm a liberal left-wing person, and if you feel you have the wish to own a slave, this, it's politically a little bit un <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely.
3: And to understand the difference between real slavery real suppression and the consensual uh, love in this way, this took a long time. And I, this was one of the reasons why I moved to the States. I thought maybe here I will be able to find my, to do my own lifestyle. And one of the first things which I did here was that I went to a BDSM community at TESS Th- at and I started to...
2: You went to a class, actually. I went to a
3: class. Yes. And by chance, you co- <gasps> it, was, it was Lee Harrington. <laughs> no.
2: The co-author of my book, Plug, 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 <laughs> Playing Well with Others, was teaching a class that Georg went to attend, his very first very first contact. Yay! Uh, oh. uh, I, I like that this is so
0: like, oh! It's super cosmic. (laughs) Also, I I didn't want to introduce... like, What do we call you on this podcast? Because everybody's got their different realities and and personas and things.
3: In this connection, I think, Herr Meister, or what do you say? Spouse spouse
2: Meister. He was was deeply in the closet when I first was like, I have to tweet, because he says some of the most amazing shit in the history of ever. And so I'm like, I need to put this on Facebook. So I called him Herr Meister, which basically means Mr. Master in German, oh. which is hilarious. But now that we're married, he's, these, he's der Spouse Meister, the Master and spouse. But uh, his actual name is Georg, like from The Sound of How Music, music. Yeah. <laughs> which which he had never seen until oh. last year. You know what? Do you know where they're not showing The Sound of Music? Oh Austria. Oh <laughs> That's really funny. Not. Not big in Austria.
3: Well, sch- Schnitzel mit Noodle is impossible.
2: <laughs> he was yelling at the screen. He's like, never wish Noodles, never!
0: Uh, <laughs> now, I would like to actually open up to the audience for to ask questions. Would you like to stay up? or? uh fine. Because, uh, and Melina, you can sit up here, or how, wherever you'd like I'm to be. I'm fine. I'm
2: fine with the cuddling. It's very nice.
0: Right? Is it okay if people ask it. you questions about your relationship? Of course. Okay. And you can ask me things, but if anybody has any questions, you know, this is the time. But won't you just run up this middle and I'll hand you this microphone that I'm gonna I'm gonna do this with. Hey. Don't everybody run at once. You know what's funny? You were so fascinating. I was gonna actually do a thing about um, like what I'm into to see if you could figure it out, but then I was like, Oh, this is way more interesting than that. <laughs> Someone's
2: coming with a question.
0: Oh, oh here he comes. Here he comes. Thank you for being first. Hey Melina, uh, Hi. I have a question. Um, if you're ever have If you're familiar with, and if you are, any advice for someone who identifies as asexual? Yes. uh, Exploring kink?
2: Yes.
3: And if it's a thing?
2: It is a thing. And it's an awesome and amazing thing because people who identify as asexual have a really easy entree into the community because sexual contact, specific explicit sexual contact, is never assumed. So if you are someone who enjoys rope bondage, you can find someone and say, I'd love for you to tie me up. I'm going to keep all of my clothes on. I'm going to keep my underwear on. And I don't want you to come anywhere near any of my erogenous zones. And by the way, my ears are an erogenous zone. So don't start twiddling those. You know. And the thing about kinky folks is that we're like, great. And someone who enjoys rope bondage would love to tie up someone. And it doesn't matter that they are not specifically penetrating, rubbing, juices flowing, whatever else. So there's a great deal of capacity to explore and play. Without, it's, it's, there's not even the pressure. Now, are there people who pressure? Yes. Are there creepy people who are like, once you're tied up, I know it's going to be super awesome to, you know. So I'm not saying that this is a utopia where everyone's awesome. The creepers are there. However, there are a lot of wonderful people who really just love the thing and love the activity. You know, I have friends who I've played with over 20 years who I've never seen naked, who have never had sex with. You know, who I've done rope bondage with, flogging, caning, all those things, whatever did not involve explicit sexual contact so the great thing about the king community is if you come in and you're like i'm not interested in explicit sex the next thing the person would say is what are you interested in then and you can go from there and that's not just fine that's fantastic because now they know what your boundaries are thank you thank you you. wow That was an awesome question.
0: That was awesome. And and your answer is so concise and full of information. Yay. Hello. Yay. Hi. Hi. Um, I just
1: would like to say I feel like I won the lottery because (laughs) I'm kinky and I'm a performer and just love both you guys. This is really exciting for me. Um, And I have a million questions. (laughs) Um, But um, I would really like to be a sex educator. I'm really, really young. Um, but it's something I really, really have a passion for and I've done a little bit of it with teenagers. Like I worked with teens during the summertime and I would just like to know from the two of you how can I like, start to get into that field and what can I do to get there?
0: Good question. Uh, this is the question. This is like the question that people ask us so often. Do you, do you have a strong answer? Um,
2: I, my strong answer is to, re- is to focus in on two or three topics is to really get really good at like three to five classes that are your core curriculum. And they have to be the things that like you will die if you don't tell people about that. You know, you are the one who has the thing to say. You know, for example, in my case, when I first got involved in kink, there were no people of color. No one was talking about race. No submissives, no people who identified as slaves were teaching classes. So I'm like, I'm going to talk about submission from the submissive point of view. I'm going to talk about what it's like to be a brown person in a very white community. And those classes got snapped up because no one else was doing it. So the first thing I would say is see where there isn't a lot and match that with your passion there. Um, And the fact that you're already working with younger people is great because I think that that's where a lot of the next wave is happening. A lot of colleges and universities are almost desperately looking for reputable folks. To come and teach. So if you have already got that niche there, find the core topics that you're like burning on fire about that, that other that are not commonly discussed and lean into those.
0: Man, that was a much better answer than my answer. <laughs> <laughs> well I just came out of a really jaded period, so maybe let's see, let's see what's in this brain of mine. Um, you know it's tough because people want to get into sex ed for a lot of reasons. And some people burn out much more easily than others. I definitely have had my burnout. Oh, I thought you were handing me something. Like, ah, no, no, oh, sorry. it's a fan. Just, just um, so am I. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> so it's, it kind of depends on your what route you want to take and what you want to do with it. Because so often people just kind of go, I want to help people, which is um, an amazing feeling. But it's who do you want to help? How do you want to help them? Is it public health stuff, uh, disease prevention? Do you want to do pleasure stuff? Like, I am always just going to be a person who's all like, he yes, has a really cool dick sucking maneuver like someone just told me. I have to tell you and that's like you don't go to you don't get a PhD for that, you know? So and luckily I have maybe the privilege a, Maybe a BA though. Maybe just a BA. If you have the, the right BA professors. BA in the BJ and the BJ um, but like for me I also was raised in a very entertainment focused family so it's actually kind of works that like comedy and performance and and you know pleasure and stuff and then that I do go to the conferences and like learn a lot of the info like that's but that's so homegrown and so that means that entrepreneurship is is my focus and, yeah. and you you think are much more tapped into like, probably the college speaking market yeah. than me um, but there's just so many ways to go about it and to me I think that people who are passionate about sex ed, we need in all the fields. So I want more sex educators that become nurses and become accountants and, and become, you know, health school teachers. You know, like, I feel like sex educators need to infiltrate. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel.
2: And the other thing is that you definitely have an advantage because you have a performance background. So many people have amazing amounts of information and between the mouth and the ears of the listener, some sort of dead zone occurs, and you're just sitting there like, how could a class about knife play put me to sleep? <laughs> you know, and I swear to God, that's happened. I've been in, ki- I'm like, I'm in a room with 50 perverts, and they're talking about bloodletting, and I'm like, <clears throat> <laughs> you know, not because it's, it's a boring, boring th- topic, but because the, the presenter doesn't have that flair, that, that thing to hook and catch them. And so, you know, bring that into it 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 can be entertaining and it should be the whole edutainment thing people sometimes bitch about it but i'm like you know what if you laugh if you connect that makes you uh, head and shoulders above the majority of folks who are trying yeah so yeah and use, it, you, use it use it girl
0: and <laughs> i think it's really important to do like like i'm thinking like oh i should do patreon and and periscoping and like all these things but pick a medium and do some broadcasting because even though they're going to be haters, there's always going to be haters, but there's also really, I've gotten some amazing constructive feedback from people just about about the, saying you know too much and, and when there's dead space on, on the podcast and things like, I've learned a lot from people giving me feedback, so even if you don't mean to continue doing that, it's still like a good way to like, yeah. you know, the world is your teacher or something, but thank you thank you for the question, I Thank
2: love. you Hi
1: I'm Katie We've texted NYC (laughs) sex nerds If anyone's interested Um, My question is for both of you guys um, Women Nice to meet you Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, How do you how do you broach that topic when you're in your head and your sexual fantasies you feel are kind of like that crazy or that scary or that freaky thing where you're like, I can't say this to someone. I can't tell someone this and be like, this is the thing that gets me off and I think you're going to run away if I tell you. Like, how do you gear yourself up enough to be like, I'm okay, even if this person is, like, totally not into this and is, like, I'm still okay and I can do this. Especially if it's, like, in a loving relationship with someone that you truly care about and want to continue. Like, not just, like, a play partner or someone that you're just sort of, like,
2: friendly with. I use porn. (laughs) I would say, hey, check out this thing. You know, I mean, it's, like, it's interesting because, you know, my owner, for example, doesn't really like tentacle porn and monsters. And I happen to, you know... (laughs) (laughs) Why not? And, I, and I, I happen to just be like, I'm like, oh, my God, porn and tentacle monsters. Like, the horrible thing of, like, every terrible cartoon thing. But the thing is that at that point, it's not my fantasy. It's just this thing on the Internet. So, okay. hey, look at this thing. And then gaze their reaction from that. And then start a conversation. Because I feel like that takes it a step away from it being them coming right at me. You know, it took me over 15 years to say, I want to be a pony. I want to be a pony. And then I had friends who had freaky... I had friends who were ponies, who were like executive professional ponies <laughs> with like headdresses and carts and like stables in their garages. And I'm not even shitting you, you know? And I even to them, I was like, I, want, I have these ears, they're super cute. And I was like, I couldn't say it because I, I had this self-consciousness. And so I started talking about some other pony friends to a mutual friend, and she was like, "Oh, I've always wanted to do that." I'm like, "Oh, really? Because I've kind of thought that that might be neat." And then 40 text messages later, we're like, "Maybe we should do that on a play date <laughs> if it's okay with you. If you don't think it's too weird, but if you do, that's fine too." You know. And so, it, it it having this conversation via a third party, via the pornography, via my friends talking about their thing, helped me to get past my own shyness you know and there's also a point for me of desperation where I feel like that becomes an issue of transparency and I am very much about complete transparency even when it sucks and even when it's awkward you know and this is part of our relationship is that I have to tell him the weird stuff you know the difficult stuff and sometimes it sucks but he has agreed to hear it as compassionately as he can and so what's good about that is that that takes away from me the fear you know, of saying, even if I tell you something that's weird and fucked up, but he says, that's not my thing, but okay, sure, we can sit and watch some Japanese anthrotentacle porn. <laughs> and he'll just sit there going, do you like this? And I'm like, shh. <laughs> 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 I was just like, we're going to watch it.
0: That is really funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, okay, so that's one of the hardest parts about, and I totally agree, like, I call it book clubbing it, you know, just, like, yeah. focus on a, th- on a triangulate. With a piece of media, um, that's why Secretary is so great. It has saved many. Aww. Oh yeah, Fifty Shades, all that stuff. Okay, but we, I like Secretary. you know, anyway. Um, so uh, for for me, James Spader. What? James again? Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it feels weird because I I know I'm a little bit more. I think like you where it's like I have secret urges and like I can't tell. it I wonder how totally. They think I think guy was unaware, and I feel shame. Um, and I think the fear of alienation in, in our um, our sexuality is such a, an, an inhibitor when it comes to connecting with somebody that we want to play with. And so that fear of uh, repelling others, it can really um, really be such a cock block, you know? Seriously. Uh, so for me, in terms of... At some point, you just got to just tell a person, but do that personal work so that the, the emotional flare-up isn't so intense because it can – like, you know that hot feeling? You're just like <gasps> – yeah. and, and it's, it's – uh, notice that, write some erotica, do some personal work, uh, have an orgasm, whatever you need to do before you tell the person, and then book club it. And I think that can be really helpful. Yeah. Um, I will say – and I, I feel like personally disclosing right now something, um, and then I'm going to point out the meetup thing, is that I, I had been in a relationship for years where they weren't kinky – at all. And so they were, and they were like, I can do it because I love you. And I was like, thanks. Uh, This isn't really doing it for me, but uh, aren't you cute? (laughs) And, uh, and years went by and then I, uh, moved away from this relationship and had this amazing, intense, like weekend sexual encounter with somebody that, you know, when you're just like, you, me, you, me, yes, now. And, (laughs) At the point of the sex where it was like I, could, I was speaking in tongues because so much had happened that I was allowed to have this cathartic moment of release and I started to cry. You know, that like, am I going to cry No, No, I'm not, not going to cry because we just had a lot of crying. <laughs> and I started to bawl and my heart was breaking because I r- realized that I was crying for this person I was for years, not allowing myself to get what I needed. And like, it was this intense experience that was really awkward for that person. <laughs> they, they understood, like, they held me and we talked, and it was like, oh, I totally get you now, uh, you know? But it, it knowing the heartbreak that can come when you finally allow yourself to get the things that you turns out you didn't want, but you needed, I think that's the important thing is um, it, it can be really wonderful. So, yay. <gasps> and now to tell people about the thing. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if you've been to the meetup group for New York City sex nerds, uh, but it meets monthly and the two people is Darren here? Okay, Darren and Katie uh, both run it, and they want to kind of build more people around the event that can like run the group. It's like a conversation hangout. It's actually fun. There's an episode where I talk to the group. It was really cool. So if anybody's interested in community building and finding like-minded people to just hang out, talk about sex, you're not, it's not a secret finger-banging crew. You literally just yeah. get together and hang and, like, share resources and, and, and stuff like that. Like, it's a really healthy, wonderful thing. And so, please find Katie after. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So, and she's super cool. And a good texting buddy. So, yay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. We have time for, like, one more question if you've got it. Oh, oh, she just jumped yes. up out of her. Oh. Ooh. Or maybe two more questions. Oh. quick, okay, quick, 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 quick questions. Wait. Okay, you, and then you, and then, okay. Uh, so, oh, Hey. Um, so I have a quick question then. How do you approach uh, exploring your edge if you feel like you haven't even explored the normal part of kink? So you're talking about, for example, a pony play or whatever it might be called, and you'd be like, oh, shit, have I even role played before? Like, have I even dealt with these things? Yes. Is it okay to jump into that? Is it okay to be like, I know that eventually I wanna get there and I might just wait a little second? How do you feel about that?
2: I am a strong advocate of step by step by step because I feel like if you jump all the way into point C, and it doesn't work out, maybe it's be- it could be because you didn't do the homework building up to it. So giving yourself the opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to do pony play, but I haven't done role play, and I haven't really examined what animal headspace is like, you know. And, you know, I'm like, to this, I'm just sitting at home, today I'm going to be a horse in my house, what does that mean, you know? Like, do that silly, goofy shit, you know? The thing is that we're born knowing how to play. Children have that crushed out of us. You know, we have that taken away from us. This is part of the reason why perverts love perving so much. This is part of the reason why Comic-Con is such a huge fucking thing because you can dress up and pretend. And no one looks at you and no one judges you. And so, like, suck that up. Say, like, you know, just do the the small steps in between. I have seen when people do jump in at at the far end, they can have success. Some people are very resilient that way. But I think... The better way is to take it step by step and relish that process as you discover things about yourself along the way. And then when you do get to the full-blown scene with the Fancy carved head, and you're dragging the cart down Folsom Street Fair in the middle of a Sunday afternoon. You'll remember that afternoon you spent pretending to be a horse and eating without your hands all day. You know, and you'll think, God, yeah, that was that was a lovely memory. I cherish that right now. You know? Oh my so. God!
0: <laughs> I, I know you're speaking sense? hypothetically, right? Hypothetically, you're speaking of course. Hypothetically. <laughs> Alright, so my question is, do you have any advice that you could give to someone who wants to go to their first, like,
1: kink-slash-BDSM play party? Like, what to expect and maybe, like, to be less nervous about what's going
3: to happen?
2: Buy our book! (laughs) Oh, do you have merch for after? We did. We actually, Playing Well With Others is a book that my friend and I wrote specifically because no one was talking about that. Like, if you're like, I don't know anything about this at all, Where do I even start? We're like, here's a book. Here's links and books and resources and stuff. Um, There's resources available on the internet, obviously. There's FetLife, which is a great um, resource for that thing. What you can expect... This sounds cheesy, but you you get what you put into it. If you're there to look for people to fuck and and have kinky sex with, that's what you'll find. If you're looking for lifelong relationships and bonding and all that shit, that's what you'll find as well. Um, You can tailor what you get from what events you go to. If you're just starting out, there are non-sexual events called munches. Yeah. And munches basically take place in bars, pubs, restaurants, Denny's, fucking Chevy's, back of the the Waffle House, like depending on where you are in the country, they happen everywhere. And basically it's just a bunch of perverts sitting around a table talking about boring ass shit. You know? But here's the thing, after you've sat next to someone and been like, so how are the kids? How's your car? oh, did you get that thing with your cat fixed with the, yeah, okay, good, good, good. Going to the party next Thursday, oh, shit, you have a play date? No, I don't, well, what are you, are you looking for some, you know, you can have these conversations, cold, light a day, completely relaxed atmosphere, and it allows you to understand that you're dealing with people because a lot of us build up in our heads this huge fantasy of who we're going to be or who we're going to play with, and then you have to remember that, like, the BDSM scene in the community is very much like soyland Green It's made of people, and you gotta always remember that. Nice. Sorry, spoiler alert if you haven't. Too late. I was like, God damn, I've been waiting 52 years. Um, You know, and so it's all human beings. And so those smaller, non sexually focused events, I feel personally, strong belief, those are what you wanna do first. Go to a class, go to a munch. Go to a play party with no expectation of playing. Just see what people are doing. You know, paddles is still open, right? I, I, uh, but You don't no. live here? You don't live here? Do I, I feel like I've heard it closed. It, uh, I, I've I think, heard this. no, I think, um, one of the, anyway, there's a sex club here. There's plenty of kink events that are happening, you know, um, and so going to those, setting the expectation that all I'm going to do tonight is just chat with three people. Maybe get a handle or an email address and start slow so that you're, goal is to meet folks and make some friends. Mm-hmm. And that way, you're not disappointed if you don't wind up tied up, upside down, getting massaged by 17 hotties. Yeah. You know, maybe that takes a couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I tend... So I just went to my first munch in, a long, munch in a long time, and I showed up alone, and I was petrified because unlike kink clubs where you can just walk in and wear it all dark and just like lurk in the shadows and just like hide <laughs> and watch and everybody else is not focused on you, they're focused on their play and their friends and stuff At a munch, you, it's the light of day and you're just like is this the place where you, s- hi everyone <laughs> and the munch I went to was like uh, dominant guys and uh, submissive women I guess and uh, oh was that
2: the LA the
0: GIC, gentlemen in charge
2: <laughs>
0: and like all right and so i walked up to a section where there's a bunch of guys sitting there in an empty chair i was like hi and they just looked at me and then went back to talking i was like (laughs) and then like all the sub girls were like over here (laughs) i was like okay it was like high school it was so weird so i guess we're saying is if you have social anxiety the the brand of it that i do i like it like a workshop where and I love workshops, especially at dungeons, because then you can explore the space when yeah. there's no actual play happening. Um, for me, I like it when people have other things to focus on. I don't want to socialize yet. So we'll take that in yeah. for consideration. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Hope that helps. Yeah. Thank yeah? You. Okay. Thank
2: you. Uh, Gentlemen in charge. Gentlemen in charge. It was. I, don't, I, don't, I, this did, did. Is, I got feelings. I have feelings, feelings that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> Wait, you've got a gentleman that's in charge. I know, but he, he's the only one. Oh, problem okay. with a munch full of gentlemen in charge is that they think they're in charge of you, too. Oh, oh.
0: gentleman in charge. Yeah, I see? Well, see, I went up to one of the guys after that. I'd actually, oh, he listens to the show. Spoiler alert. And so, uh,. I would seen his profile. I was like, oh, you seem nice. And then I went up and I was like, hi, I'm Sandra. And he was like, I know who you are. And I was just like, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> like, I just, I was like, this is not the dynamic I was
2: hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> um That was weird as, f- anyway. Um, so just go to a regular bunch that doesn't have anybody in charge. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, I don't know, those others. Or rope family ones or something. Hey. There's so many options, right? Uh, yeah. um, we have been talking and hanging out for a while. Um, so funny. I brought a few things that I didn't even show you guys. Um, but uh, it was funny because the asexual dude, like I was going to give a prize to the first person that uh, asked a question. about, And actually, and the prize that I brought was something that I haven't given anybody since um, I went to Japan two <laughs> years ago. And it's a, 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 a like a lace... Thong that has a penis pouch in the front, like it's, and it's so cute. And I just, I don't know. Like, do you want it, g- guy? Hey. Yeah.
2: Why not? Who doesn't want a lacy thong?
0: I just, I have it, and I was like, this. It's from the Dandy Club, and it's got a lot of Japanese th- knees on the front. There, Enjoy. There you go. Enjoy.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to finally. I'm keep- sorry. I'm sorry, but the Gorilla's T-shirt and the lacy thong would be smoking. <laughs> It'll be hot. That's what I want to see on anybody, really. <laughs> uh, Melina
0: Spausmeister. Am I allowed to say Spice Master? Spice Master. Ma- spice spice, spice oh my Master. My <laughs> because
2: suddenly he's like, we're on Dune, and he's like, the Master. <laughs> spice <laughs> spice master. The Spice must flow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where can people find you out in the world? And I know that you're a composer, right? Or I don't know if are we allowed to tell people that. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So just, where, yeah. Where do you... So
2: well, you can find me at com M-O-L-L-E-N-A. I'm also Melina on Facebook, Melina Lee Williams Haas, because um, I like the hyphenated name. And also because this is a thing when I was a kid, because all of my names have double letters in them, two L's in Melina. two E's in Lee, and Williams has two L's. It was like, when I get married, I have to marry someone with double letters <gasps> in their last name. And so... I know, so like literally 40 years later, I'm like, achievement unlocked.
3: This is why you, why you married
2: Yes. Me. <laughs> I was like, this is now I can get married. Um, and I'm Alina on Twitter as well as all the other things. And Georg is Georg Friedrich Haas. Oh, excellent. And you should Google him because he's amazing. I will. He's
3: and in pet life I am Herr Meister.
0: I love it. Uh, and I'm I'm Sex Nerd Sandra everywhere. Um, and I'm so pleased to be here with you this evening. Um, just so you know, uh, yes, Melina will, ha- will have uh, goodies to sell after. I'll hang for a little bit. There's going to be DJ setting up in a bit. Like we can totally hang down here I think in indefinitely. And eventually I'm going to try and make my way over to the Dr. Who bar cuz I keep meaning to go over there.
2: Don't, don't waste it, on. Yeah.
0: Ah. I, I, I really want to go there. Okay. Wait, is it is it cool? Is it cool? It's okay. Okay. I know it's you the like bathroom it. Bathroom <laughs> 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 oh, Okay. All right. Um. There's a TARDIS in the bathroom. The TARDIS is a bathroom. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Yes. Got it. Yikes. Yes. Got it. Okay. Um. So, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. And thank you so much. Go, Team Fun!
2: Now, leaving Nerdist.com.